You're listening to Radio Primavera Sound, proudly presented by Cupra. Hello and welcome to Radio Primavera Sound and a very warm welcome to Charlotte Adichary and uh, Bolis Pupon. How are you doing? Hi, good, thank you. It's a pleasure to have you here. Um, first obvious question, have you ever been to a Robin Hood themed uh, holiday park before? I know this park like uh, my backyard. I come every year. Yeah, me too. I'm, I'm, I'm coming here since I was uh, five years old. Every, every year for Aside from Robin Hood um, theme parks, an obvious question is, when did you meet and start making music together? Back in 2015 or 16, I think. Mm-hmm. I'm not quite sure, but must be something like that. And it was during the recording of Belgica. It's a movie from Felix van Groeningen. And Stefan and David from Solvex, they made the soundtrack. And for that movie, they um, invited some musicians to be part of fictive bands. And both Charlotte and I were in one of those bands. And then they were so happy about Charlotte's performance that they wanted to do something with her <coughs> for Dewey, for their label. And then they decided to put me in the same room with her. And uh, <laughs> <Sounds> <laughs> the rest weird. is history. <laughs> um, you know, it's a bit weird. I've told this story so many times and I don't know how to um, tell it without being boring. Maybe oh. it's not boring, no? Is That's it boring? boring. No? no? I th- always okay. think I'm boring um, telling the story. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'm interested in, in, in fictional, in made-up bands, yeah. because I don't know about you, but when I was young, I was in lots of made-up bands. <laughs> <laughs> were you too as well, or were you actually making music? <laughs> um, I used to imitate Jennifer Lopez a lot. I imitated the Beastie Boys and Beck a lot, yeah. So you're not alone. (laughs) Yeah, but that's cool. I think that's something that activates the fantasy of children. Looking at music, bands, performing. Yeah, it's something that from a young age, I think it tickles your mind. Did you go so far as to have names and kind of profiles and everything? Oh, I remember uh, my friend and I, I, so my name's Charlotte, her name's Nana. And so we chose uh, the band name Shana. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember you once told me you, ha- you had this uh, alter ego, Queef Latina. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I forgot about that uh, one. <laughs> 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 Woo. Yeah. Um, <coughs> Explain not- that one. <laughs> It's not uh, related to uh, the queefing. Uh, what kind of genre was it? <laughs> <laughs> Beatbox. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have to, you have to get that yeah. nom de plume going again. <laughs> <laughs> so, w- when you got together, did you did you sort of uh, have like a, an instant musical chemistry? No. <laughs> No, I think no, uh, yes. not true. Yes, yes. Okay, <laughs> no. maybe next question would be, how old are you? <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, yeah, no, it's. I think we 
hit it off musically immediately. Yeah. And and we so yeah, Steph, as you said, Stefan and David put us in the studio because I had a huge writer's block and uh Bolis already had uh two EPs released on Dewey. And Stefan and David are really good at sensing when sensing vibes or and and like I don't know, I feel like they've they sense that I felt a little intimidated by the place. And so that's how they uh they proposed to um, make music with Boris and we both like intuitively just said yes, not knowing what would come out of it. And then like literally uh, first time we, 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 we were in the studio together, uh, Bullis plugged in a synth and I just added vocals and I wanted to throw it away immediately, like the first attempt. And he said, no, 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 keep it. And actually, that's how we've <laughs> been doing it since. And yeah, out of, out of that first attempt came our first song of our first EP. So, yeah. Because I, I think you said once um, in an interview, and I, I might be wrong, that, that um, a lot of the words are improvised. Is that, is that still right? Improvised? Um, in what way? Um, th well, that when you get into the studio, um, you, yeah, sort of l lay down a vocal or words or something, and then you kind of, it's almost off the top of your head, then you go back to it later. Mm. Yeah, we do that. I think um, most, most importantly, it's just us talking a lot during uh, studio sessions, just like, even though... Oftentimes we're like, okay, we have so much to tell each other and to ask each other and... and And then we feel this pressure, like, okay, but we're at Dewey Studio. We should make some music. Stefan and David downstairs are working their asses off, and we're just talking. But out of that talking comes a lot of, well, inspiration. Um, so it's through these conversations that come, that music comes. Um, and sometimes as well, yeah, uh, when Boris makes something... I get inspired by, the, by what I hear, and then we start from there, and the writing almost always happens in the studio or yeah. just us together. And it's also that the whole talking part of our work is work. Mm -hmm. It's part of the work. Um, and I think that's very cool because it feels like every time <laughs> we need to share some thoughts in order to be able to start making something. From the outside, um, Topical Dancer, which is an excellent record, by Thank the way. Um, it feels like there's a real sort of big vision behind it. Like it was, it wasn't just sort of sitting down and making however many songs. It was actually sitting down previously and thinking, "This is what we want to do with the record." Was it like that? Did you sort of think about that? It ended up being like that. But as Boris says a lot, it's if we would have decided that that would be the concept and like we we need to talk about racism and we need to talk about misogyny then the record wouldn't have been that free and yeah free and it wouldn't it would feel very heavy and now we we've we've kept it light and playful because we didn't have that initial intention of we need to cover th these things and we need to make people think and mm -hmm. it was just fun <clears throat> yeah it's also like taking step by step song by song um, and if you would be like aiming at the top of the mountain it's too much to climb or you would be like yeah 
I think doing step by step really helped us writing this album. Mm. Yeah. I'm glad you, you you mentioned that it was light-hearted in a way because it does deal with a lot of very serious topics, but it is very very funny record at the same time. Um, and that is such a difficult mixture to do. Um, how how do you walk that line? I mean, between you know being funny and and being serious. I think that's just the way we are. Like this interview, for example, <laughs> it can start off with a laughter and then the next minute we can be super serious. Very intelligent as well, like witty. We're Yeah, we're constantly changing between witty, stupid, funny, serious. <laughs> Blowing people's <laughs> minds. No, but it's true. It's just, it's this balance that's super important for us. We love to make each other laugh and we don't take ourselves too seriously. And, but we also like to, yeah, to talk about everything. Um, but um, that balance is super important for us. We don't want to moralize. Um, <clears throat> we have our thing to say, but we don't claim that we know everything. And that's also very important right now, I think in this day and age, um, it's like you can't, I feel like on the internet you can't change your mind you have to be on that side of the thing and then if you would then you're you could get cancelled or like it's 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 very important to um to be fluid and to have to, to to have an open mind and i think we try to do that and we we keep each other in that way i think and keep the conversation open i think yeah. as well it's um <clears throat> like you can close a conversation by saying how it is and then that's the way it is. Mm -hmm. But if you don't say that that's the way it is, but you can say like this could be the way it is, but what's about, what about you? And and, mm -hmm. and I think that's more the, the approach we have. We don't want to say it's like this. We just want to say like, this is what we think of it. And maybe there's other opinions as well. Um, yeah. Which somehow seems to be Something that not many people are doing in 2022. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think it's also part of this kind of ego culture we have. Yeah. We all need to be there and we all need to be present and all, we all need to have our um, opinions. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's just better to listen uh, instead of talking, I think. So I'm going to shut up now. <laughs> <laughs> well, Charlotte, you said something that I really love once. Um, uh, it takes a while to not take yourself too seriously as a person, which I think is a lovely thing to say. Oh. When did you learn not to take yourself too seriously and how, how did you learn to do that? Well, my mom, I grew up uh, most, mostly with my mom and I think she's like the queen at not taking herself <laughs> too seriously. And it just helps to deal with hard situations um, I think I always knew how to not take myself self too seriously. I think my issue was taking, trying to take myself seriously. <laughs> like it's the other way around. Uh, it's just like not. Um, uh, um, damn. Relativize. <laughs> <laughs> nice one. <laughs> um, Relative. Yeah, 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 like um, I, I, I could like, I, yeah, I tend to not take myself seriously enough sometimes. Um, but it's that balance. It's like, okay, we make music, 
but it's just music. But it's also very important to have music in the world. Um, um, yeah, um, and there's stuff you have to take seriously and there's other stuff you don't. And I think ego and your opinion and being an artist, like, calm down, it's fine. Like, <laughs> And it's what we do, it's not about us uh, in the end, it's about the music we make and the, the energy that's uh, like comes alive during a show. Um, that's the most important thing. I don't know if what I said made sense. <laughs> no. <laughs> so I want to ask about your mum, Christian. Yes. Um, nice. <laughs> I can speak French, Flemish. Yeah. I'm, I'm not not going to. It's fine. Things. You're no. not missing out on anything. <laughs> <laughs> but you're, you're in a you're in a duo with your mum. Yeah. How's that, Chris and Charlie? Yes. Oh, that's so cool, you know. Um, well, actually, we don't play anymore because, yeah, we've been touring, uh, Bolas and I, uh, so there's no, no, no time left. But, um, yeah, we did rock steady music together, and it's very um, <clears throat> confrontational to, uh, to play music and to be on a stage with your mom because it reflects other stuff between <laughs> you. And it magnifies them. Um, I realized I was I could be really strict for my mom, and I would like on stage she could. <laughs> she's uh, she's the cutest. She but she would look at me the whole time during the show while while singing. She would be singing it to me, and I would like be like, look at your crowd, <laughs> like teach her not teach her, but I don't know, like trying to correct what she does the whole time, and that's not good. And I learned that. Um, even though it comes from a good intention. And yeah, you're together a lot, which is also nice because you, you get to see a lot of nice places and you get to make music together, with, which is amazing. But it also, yeah, it's, it's, it's also hard. And I think um, we made the song Ishmoin together. Um, and that also came out of um, conversations we had, Boris, uh, Christian and I in the studio and that all that that was also very emotional uh, at a certain point um, but I'm so happy we get to do it and also my mom comes with us on tour when uh, I bring my baby so yeah we get to see a lot of places both Boris and my mom get along well as well so it's it's fun it's fun but I also learn a lot from these experiences well, I'm very interested about Bolas. What was it like when you were recording uh, Ishwen? Uh, it was very interesting <laughs> <laughs> because I got to know also another side of Charlotte uh, that I don't see that often. I think, or I did. Well, I see it more. I see it now. Now I see it more than back then <clears throat> because now your mom is um, with us a lot of times. But there's a certain dynamic between Christian and Charlotte. Um, that I wasn't, I, I, I've, I hadn't been that close to that situation before. But in a, in a certain way, I think my role was important. <laughs> because, um, yeah, Christian, she kind of like, um, she, can I say choked? <laughs> or is that I think that's a hip hop term. <laughs> She kind of blocked in the studio. Yeah, yeah. she couldn't perform. Yeah, mm -hmm. she couldn't perform, and it was a bit because you were too close in her um, neck, so. <laughs> breathing. <laughs> <laughs> Do it, Christian. 
And then, yeah, you, 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 you both had like a conversation and, and then we decided, okay, let's just, um, let's, uh, uh, I, I left the studio. You left the studio, yeah. You left the studio and then I was alone with uh, Christiane. And then I felt like she, she performed, yeah. And it was like easily that she, she asked me to do it again and do it again and do it again. And she was digging for her own voice. And I think that was very interesting to see. And uh, there's, there's a, such a great singer and artist, I'm sure, in your mom. Mm -hmm. she's, she's got such a great voice. She's very smart. Even with the lyrics, she, mm -hmm. she helped us with writing in Creole. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, no, that was a really special moment, I think. I, I find this dynamic very interesting, like because it's your record, but she's your mum. Mm -hmm. So would, who got the sort of final say on her bits? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's, it was a collaboration, no? Yeah. It was she, and that was really fun to write lyrics with her and she had great ideas and it just all made sense. I think maybe she, complied a little she was like okay this is your song so what do you want me to do but yeah i think everybody everyone's happy <laughs> Obviously, i don't i don't want to make this all about your your parents but bolis you said that your dad would play you frank zappa and captain beefheart yeah um how, how do you think that affected your <laughs> musical taste i mean that's pretty avant-garde yeah stuff and also i think very important was the residence um, so when I went to bed with my sister, <laughs> my dad used to play all these weird records. And I think in a way, my sister and I, we got used to that kind of music. And it might have shaped my taste, maybe my way of listening to music, mm. playing music as well. And um, re yeah, I, th I think we never listened to like top 50 or top 10 lists at home so I, I only got to know uh, bands like uh, Gloria Estefan or uh, Madonna when I was 18 or uh, like 15 or 16 um, yeah if I ever tried to put on anything like that with my children they tell me to take it off immediately what was oh, your yeah. dad's secret <laughs> he was very uh, strong in <laughs> his opinion about things <laughs> So I don't know, I, we just took it, I think, yeah. yeah. Come, come back to Topical Dancer. It's a very personal album, or that's how it sounds. Were you ever worried about putting out something that is so personal? Mm, not me. No, I, I, I think we both believe in um, vulnerability as a very powerful tool in art in general. And yeah, I think authenticity and vulnerability are for us very um, yeah, powerful and convincing tools to make music. So I, I also believe that the best music, even if it's about, if, if the topic is, could be super seen as super boring, if you tell it because you know it and you mean it, then you can talk about anything. And that's where we try to, to tune into and not be afraid that as Belgians who ha haven't grow, uh, grown up in the ghetto or aren't American or English or whatever, small Belgians, it could can be interesting as well, can be sexy as well. Like it's 
it's how you feel about yourself. And that's a bit like what the song Making Sense Stop is about. If, if you say nothing, but you say uh, with confidence, <laughs> it's something that kind of makes sense. Mm-hmm. You mentioned obviously you're, you're, you're from Belgium and it's not a country I know particularly well. I have been there once, I think. Um, uh, do you think your your album, in a way, is a reflection of what Belgium's like? I mean, I'm not saying it's like this is you know this is Belgium, but in in a more general in a more general way. I think it's always hard to answer that question as Belgian, but during the making of the record and also by touring and and playing abroad. We feel like we really are Belgian in a way that, as Charles was saying, we kind of need to take ourselves a bit more seriously in the world uh, because we're a small country. We don't have many examples. Um, so, And I think in our music, the thing that we both love about Belgian art is, for example, surrealism is René Magritte. Ceci n'est pas un pipe. We made a song that's referring to that artwork. Uh, so, yeah, we're kind of proud of the surrealistic movement that came to Belgium, and we're very strong at it, I think. Uh, but at the same time, yeah, is the record so Belgian? I, I, I'm not sure. Yeah. I yeah, I couldn't say. I think yeah, I think you you said it. That surrealism, not taking yourself too seriously, but the rest. I think it has an international appeal as well. It's not local. The fact that we've been touring a lot abroad. So it's, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, and <laughs> also, but I think we write from our point of view. And it was a bit like we didn't know how people in the States would react to the things that we're saying, like political correctness, racism, those are things that are um, in another way sensitive in America. But apparently the way we, we, we write also, they, they understood what we were saying. Mm. So it's not that different from Europe, I think, mm. the reaction. You mentioned Ceci n'est pas un cliché, um, which is a, a song, the lyrics of which are constructed from cliches in, in song lyrics. I wonder, do you have like a favorite cliche? <laughs> I want to do it all night long. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't have a favorite one, but I feel like this, that concept, you could make an album out of yeah. all of those cliches. Uh, and I, I really feel like making a new uh, cliche song. Ceci n'est pas un cliche, the sequel. Yeah, there's um, so many that we didn't touch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. mm-hmm. The one I really detest is throw your hands in the air yeah. and wave them like you just, I cannot, cannot stand that one. You can't, like, what does it mean? <laughs> I woke up on morning. That's yeah, also that's one that I really think. Oh, obviously, yeah. you woke up. Yeah. I didn't wake up one morning, <laughs> but I still <laughs> wrote this song. <laughs> that's, that's. <laughs> Inspiration right there. Yes. Yeah. Um, so you do play around a lot with, with language. Um, on, on the record. Um, where does that come from? Is that sort of because you speak many different languages, um, because Belgium's very sort of, has many different languages going, where, where does it come from? Yeah, I think you tap into a different part of yourself when you 
write music in a different language. When I, when, sorry, <laughs> I'm a bit distracted. Um, when I write in Creole, it yeah reflects another part of myself. It's my Creole Caribbean heritage. Um, when you speak English or write in English, it's yeah we grew up with uh, English, um, an American culture, uh, so that feels natural. We would love to try to write in Dutch, but it's not the like the most. I don't know. I think we have a strange relationship with yeah. Dutch music, but I'm sure that we're gonna do it one day. Yeah. <laughs> but it's it's like you have this palette of colors, and each language is not a color. Mm. And adding Creole or adding, for example, Chinese Mandarin to a song, it can give this next texture to a song that. Yeah, sometimes you're looking for that sparkle and language is one of those things that you can play with. Mm -hmm. I have a theory sometimes that some of the best song lyrics are written by people not read it, uh, doing it in their mother tongue because that means they have to be more direct in a way and they kind of say it. I think like ABBA are a really good example of that. Mm. You know, their lyrics are amazing mm -hmm. um, because of that. It's true and I remember Mark, uh, Stefan and David's manager, saying that he says... The fact that you're not, you can hear that you're not native uh, speakers, um, but same thing, it's really direct and to the point, and it, it's it's lyrical and poetic, but not, yeah, uh, not mis mysterious or like, okay, you can interpret it the way you want, but still it's very direct. It's like, yeah. Is that, is that well yeah. said? Oh, I think you're doing it great. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on. I'm really looking forward to both gigs tonight because you're yeah. playing a late night synth set, which yeah. is going to be lovely. Um, yeah. uh, thank you so much for coming along. Thank you for um, the great talk. Yeah. And I'll see you tonight. Yeah. See you then. Thank you very Bye. much. <laughs> Bye.